is great. <clears throat> you know, words mean everything. When you dedicate a child to the Lord, it's what you say over them that matters. Uh, words have power. The Bible says so much about words. It says, with your words, <clears throat> with your words, um, are you blessed or, or advancing? Or with your words, are you condemned? And Proverbs says that death and life, death and life are in the power of what you say. We, we want to be saying things and declaring things today that are true. And, and, and I'll just say this. I mean, I know we were all laughing about Jessica being dedicated, and I guess she's not sure whether she was dedicated or not. But if you've not been dedicated to the Lord, you, you, you take and receive everything that we said today. You take it into your own life, and you, you allow that dedication to come. You're an older person, and maybe your parents didn't have understanding, or maybe you went to church, or in the church didn't have the revelation. It didn't matter, whatever. The, the dedication is based on what we declare and what we say. And I tell you what, those scriptures I just read, those are some really good promises. I mean, really good promises. You think about it. Think about this. You can have a promise and thank God for it every day that what I'm investing in my little child, you know, there was, one of them was just a little baby up here. You can, you can have the promise of God working that what I'm investing in this child will not depart. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter uh, what other people say. Yeah, but you know, they can just choose and go to hell in a basket, you know, as they go. I've heard people say that forever and ever. Not. It doesn't have to happen that way. And it all starts right where you're at. You say, yeah, but my children have grown up. It doesn't matter. God will take you right where you're at with your children. You say, well, yeah, my children are grown and I have grandchildren. Start with your grandchildren. But I promise you, God will do amazing things with your grown children that in the natural you have no idea what he'll do. Amen. That's how big and how powerful he is. And all of the promises. Um, look at, um, to just go with what I just said. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Or just write that down and go look at it. Oh, there you got it right there. <clears throat> For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Everybody say through us. See the promises of God are yes and amen. Whether we do anything with them. But for them to be manifested in the earth. They got to go through us. What does that mean? That means I got to believe what was just said about those children. And then stand in faith. I mean, I mean, those people are here in the church. Their families are here in the church. Every time you see those children. I mean you see one of them run by. Or they're carrying one of them or whatever. You just thank God. Thank God. God for those promises coming to pass in their life. I mean, I mean, join your faith to that and your agreement that you agreed today as we spoke those different promises. Join your faith with that on a day-to-day -day basis every time you think about it. I've got a lot of, I've got <clears throat> a lot of nieces and nephews. Man, I got a lot of family. Woo! Man, I mean from everywhere, every direction. I got nieces and nephews and I got uh, do we have great nieces and nephews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, yeah, right. <clears throat> I, 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 they're great. Everybody say they're great, yeah. 
<clears throat> they're great. And, and, and I mean, I mean, I'll just be doing something, not even thinking about it. And I'll just begin to thank God and speak and declare those promises that we just talked about right there. Man, they're going to live long on the earth because, because their parents are teaching them how to honor all authority and how to honor authority whether they like it or not and how to honor them as parents. And, and, and uh, I've got a couple of nephews that have kids uh, or a few nephews that have kids and I, and I think about them at times and, and, and every once in a while it'll just come to me, Lord, and they're not going to frustrate their kids by, by treating them a certain way or trying to discipline them in a way that's not correct in you. I believe they have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Man, things can happen. We believe the Word of God. There's no end to what can happen. Just think about in the natural what's coming out there in, in the years ahead. Um, what, what, what's going to be out there in 50 years from now? <clears throat> my grandchildren, all my nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews and on and on and on, they, all, they, they're out there. And people say, yeah, you know, 50 years from now it's going to be ah, all this kind of stuff. No, 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 not, not with my kids and my grandkids and my nieces and nephews they're, they're going to have the word of God and they're going to do things um, in, in, in ways that we just dreamed about doing man we got to pour into the now for whatever's in the future don't live in the future live right now live right now you can have goals for the future but don't live 20 years from now yeah, in 20 years we're going to do no what are we going to do today what are we doing today to make a difference it's what we're here for. Can you shout amen to that? We got a lot to do. Can you say amen? We got a lot to do. So we're in our series. This will be the last on Sundays. I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue what we've been doing on wellness on Wednesday nights, even past April, I'll continue on Wednesdays. But this will be my last, my last message. Pastor John will be here next Sunday. But this will be my last message on uh, regarding provision for the house, but our theme this, this month has been wealth and wellness. We are wealthy people because God made us that way, and we're well people because God made us that way. We're well because He said we're well. We're wealthy people because He said we are. I'm not trying to make something up or try to, you know, trying to, you know, work you up into some, you know, frenzy that you know you're wealthy and yeah I'm going to be wealthy and uh, I mean I've been to seminars where they work you up emotionally to try to convince you that you are we are because he said we are you need to know that if you don't know that you need to know that God created you to be wealthy and well if you're saved then you're wealthy if you're saved then you're healed and well. If you're saved, then the peace of God rules over your heart and mind. If you're saved, then all those things are there and they're available. But they have, they have to happen through us. As the scripture said about the promises, the promises, I saw a bumper sticker one day that said, God said it, I believed it, and that settles it. It's backwards. God said it, that settles it. Whether I believe it or not determines whether I'm going to be on the receiving end of what he's already settled. And I'm telling you today, he's already settled it. He created you wealthy and well. That's what we've been talking about all month. And the verse of scripture 
that's been one of our foundational scriptures is in the back of the book, 3 John and verse 2, one of the little Johns, there's 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, and 3 John only has one chapter, so it's 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. The King James says, Beloved, I wish above all things. Everybody say, above all things. I wish above all things, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health. Prosper and be in health. Prosper and be in health. Be wealthy and well. As your soul prospers, as your thinking changes. You can't have a poverty mentality up here and prosper in advance because you won't do things the way that advancement requires you to do it. If you're going to advance in the kingdom of God, you have to do it His way. So, that's why we've been reading Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And I'll read verse 32 first today. We, we went back to verse 22 and read a good piece of that last week. If you, didn't, you, you, if you haven't been here the last two Sundays, I encourage you to go to the website. You can download or listen to the messages. They don't cost you anything. They're there for you to listen to, to get caught up. And, and it'll be good for you to listen to everything that we've talked about. Verse 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. And the things we talked about last week is everything else in life. Most people are trained that you live life, you you know, you you get to a certain age and then you, you know, you get a pocket full of credit cards and you charge everything that you have in life um, so that you can fill your house up and your life up and you, you know, you make $15, you make $115 payments every month. And, and the world trained us to do things like that. I say us because my wife and I did that for years. And, and the world trained us to do those kind of things. Well, when we got in the Word and we saw things in the Word, we found out that wasn't the plan of God. The plan of God for, was for us to be liberated and wealthy and well so that we would be wealthy and well people that were advancing the kingdom of God, not advancing our own purpose. See, what, what, what's happened in our world is, is that a lot of people without vision from God have gotten a hold of lots and lots of money and done really stupid things with it. And I, you know, that's just my opinion. I'm up here behind the pulpit. <clears throat> you can think that people do a lot of really great things with their stuff, but I, there's a lot of people that I see do a lot of stupid things if what the news is reporting or the documentaries are reporting, that's what they did with it. See, first and foremost... We understand to advance God's kingdom is what I found out. And the more I advance the kingdom, the more he got involved in what I'm doing. Then, see, God wants me blessed. He wants all my needs taken care of. And actually, in fact, they've already been taken care of. See, he wants me to be on the receiving end. But he wants me to acquire wealth his way. And his way is seed time and harvest time. Advancing and sowing into others and other things and other projects that have to do with his kingdom and what he wants 
And when, he, when that happens, then he can have our heart. And when he has our heart, and we'll do whatever he says, and not, not what other people try to control you to do, but whatever he tells you to do, you'll do that. And then he'll be right in the middle of everything else that you have and that you, that you spend in life. That's where God wants to be. That's where he wants us to be with him, but he wants to be in that place with us. And he said, all these things shall be added to you. Not seeking the things first, seeking the kingdom first, then everything else will be added. Verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 33 uh, in the Amplified says it this way, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, And in parentheses, it says, in other words, it's defining his kingdom and righteousness, and it's his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So there's a way that God does things, and there's a way that the world does things. When When I use the word world, I'm talking about a thinking. There's God's way, and then there's the world's way. God's way is faith. Faith is what? It's the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. Uh, in other words, to define that and say it in Texas l- lingo, um, to have faith is to believe in something before you see it. The world says you have to see it and then you can believe it. That's the difference in God's way of thinking and the world's way of thinking. And it goes with anything that we do. No, no, matter, no matter how wealthy in life that you become, God wants you to continue to acquire wealth by faith. And one of the reasons that it's hard for a lot of people to think that way is because a lot of people that don't have wealth think that when they get, quote, wealthy, they're going to have all the answers for things and they'll be able to do a lot of things. But the problem is that the Bible says if you're not faithful in a little, then you can't be made ruler over much if you're going to do it his way. Remember, there's his way and then there's the world's way. But if you're not faithful when you just have a little to do exactly what he says, then he can't actually, this is found in Luke chapter 16, actually he says, I can't make you ruler of much. Why? Because you can't be trusted. And you know what he says? To be entrusted with my anointing and to do the things that Jesus did in the earth, the prerequisite is being faithful with money. I think we need to read that. I wasn't planning on reading it, but we better go there. Luke chapter 16. And verse 10. Luke 16 and 10. He who is faithful in that which is least or little is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least or little is unjust also in much. Isn't that amazing? 
Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, which is riches, the things that, that uh, Matthew 6 was talking about, all those things that he was talking about, if you've not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And Colossians 1 says that the true riches are God's anointing. If you've not been faithful in, the, in these things, and, and to learn how to be faithful. See, it's not like, okay, well, you know, okay, I've been unfaithful in this and unfaithful. And it's not, it's not going through a checklist. It's learning from the Word how to be faithful in what you have. It's learning from the Word that way. When we learn that, then, he, then notice he says here in verse 12, if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, the riches of the world. You can have the riches of the world if you put God first. But you can't serve the two. You know why? Because the scripture says, and you know, we, we've, we looked at it a couple weeks ago, the scripture says <clears throat> that the two just don't mix. It's like trying to mix oil and water. Have you ever done that? Well, I'm going to prove it's going to work. Hmm? I'm going to get a lighter grade of oil and see if it'll work. It won't mix. Serving God and riches won't mix. It won't work. You have to serve one and then let the other be a servant to you. When you serve God, and money is your servant, then you'll do with it what God wants. It's backwards from the world. It's backwards. For 40 years now, I've been learning and continue to learn how to develop that and create a platform in my own life to be the recipient of wealth. Not people's wealth. Wealth that only comes from God. And that's what he wants his people to be, is people that are on the receiving end of what he has for them to accomplish. Because there's a lot for us to accomplish. There's a lot. And I, 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 if you haven't noticed, to accomplish a lot, it takes a lot of money. It just does. There's no two ways about it. So I want to end today with <clears throat> two stories in the Bible that talk about the house of God. One is the tabernacle in the Old Testament, and the other is the temple in the Old Testament. The rebuilding of the, of the temple, the, the old temple had been torn down, uh, ravaged, and there was just talk of the new one. Uh, King David had prepared all the finances and everything for that, that new temple to be built, and Solomon actually built the temple. And and during those times, there's two accounts of what happened before those things uh, actually were done or, or work was actually done on them and how that there was lack in people's lives because their focus was not first and foremost on advancing God's house and God's kingdom. And that's what God wants you and I just to be aware of. So I want to look at these two stories. First one's found in the Old Testament in the book of Haggai. <clears throat> Chapter 1. 
I'm just going to read a few verses. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much, and you bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink and, do not, and, and are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And the rest of, the, of that chapter 1 is talking about considering your ways. And what he was saying was, they, they weren't sowing into the house of God, they were sowing into themselves. I'm just telling you that, and I've learned this through the years in my own life, that if I stay focused on myself and my world, if I stay focused on that only, then I set myself, I set myself up to implode within myself. God didn't create us to be people that fixed things and made things right for ourselves. He created us to be people that He's our God and He takes care of us. You cannot do the job for you that God can do for you. And to do that, we have to be open to what His plan is. His plan, first and foremost, is His house. Now, if you've been around here at all, we've taught on this for years. And I'm just giving you... Uh, just a quick rewind of an and explanation of what the Bible says. Old Testament, house of God was the temple. It was the tabernacle before the temple was built. And the, these are the two stories that I'm reading about. But that was the house of God, Old Testament. And God said in the Old Testament, my eyes and my heart are in and on my house. That's where God is. He's about his house. New Testament, the Bible says in, in uh, uh, 1 Timothy 3.15, New Testament, the house of God is the church. Ephesians 1, towards the end of the chapter, it says that the church is His body. Right? We are, everybody say, we are the house of God. In the New Testament now, you and I, we are together the house of God. Where does the house of God meet? At gates of the city, we meet right here. So this is the house where the house meets. So it is the house of God, even though we're the house of God, it's the house of God because the house of God shows up. Okay? And, and listen to me today. What I'm delivering you today, God's eyes and his heart are on it. Now, I believe that. You're here probably because you believe I believe that, okay? So what I'm delivering you today is information to give you the ability to make a choice to do something next week or in, through the month of May, to do something about advancing his house. Now, Things weren't happening for them. Because they were sowing into themselves, 
things weren't happening. He said, you're sewing things and putting them into a bag like it has holes in it. It's like, like I'm doing this and then something else bad happens. I'm doing this and then this is extracted from me. I'm doing this and then this thing is happening. Why? Because they weren't first and foremost advancing the house. For, for almost 40 years of marriage, my wife and I, our whole focus as not just tithers but seed sowers has always been about first and foremost advancing the house. I'm not telling you something that we don't do. We've done it all of our life, you see. Um, being a tither is something you do by choice based on information that you get. We got really good information early on and as a result of it, we made a decision and we've done it all of our married life. As a result of it, our, our family is blessed, the devourer is rebuked, uh, my children are blessed, the devourer is rebuked, all my family members, and the people that are connected with us because we're the heads, the under-shepherds of this body right here, the people connected with us are blessed, see, because that's what we declare because of what we are. See, we're in that place, and as a result of that, the house is blessed and will continue to be blessed. And if you believe it's a blessed house, then it's good ground for you to sow into. Only then can you make the choice to do something from a pure heart. Remember, it's not the mechanics of giving. It's not about the amount or the money itself. It's the investment from the heart because you believe what I'm telling you today is true. Now, in the second chapter here, and the 18th verse, I'm just fast-forwarding. You can go read about this. <clears throat> In verse 18 of the second chapter, he, he gave them some, some real rebuke and correction about the fact that they were sowing into themselves, that, that they begin to make the changes, and notice what he said here. Consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Didn't say it was finished. It's when the people changed their focus and begin to sow into it, and as they sowed into it from that day forward, this is what he said. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit, but from this day I will bless you. What that says to me is, Every time that I make my mind up to do what God wants me to do in a financial realm, remember what I read in, in, in Luke chapter 16. I've remembered that all my life. If I'm not going to be faithful in unholy mammon, I can't expect to be on the receiving end of all that God says he's already done for me. That's a big thing. I mean, for him to say, what you do with your money determines whether you can actually be anointed or not. Now, that's not real popular out there. <laughs> but I believe it's true. And it backs itself up time. That's not just one scripture. I'm over there really trying to twist to make it say what I want to. It says it all through scripture. And if that's true, if that's true, then what they did and the decision that they made from the heart, he said, because, listen, they just, they just started doing, like moving some dirt. And he said, from this day forward, I will bless you. When you make that decision in your heart, it's like you hear God saying, because you're going to do that and follow through with it, I'll bless you all the days of your life. 
See, because what, what, what we're talking about is not just a one-time something that, that you're trying to do. It's an attitude of changing the way you view the kingdom of God and the house of God. God said, if you'll get involved in my house, I'll stay involved in everything that you do. Remember, God wants you wealthy. <clears throat> what does wealthy look like to you? What, 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 what does wealthy look like to you? Now, now don't answer it, but I'm, I'm going to ask you again. What does wealthy look like to you? Now, most of us in our minds, we would compare that to someone else. You know what he said? He said he would do above and, this is a promise, he would do above and beyond anything that we can even ask or think of. So all of us can think of what wealth would look like to us. But listen, if you don't see yourself that way, you'll never become that. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know about all this. Well, then, then it's not talking to you. Because you have to get that in your heart. And when you begin to see yourself that way, there's no end to what can come your way. And the avenue to get there is through the house of God. Man. So, I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> Exodus, and this is the tabernacle that was built before the temple. This was kind of their, uh, um, this was kind of their, their Sunday house location. Some of you don't even know what that means. <clears throat> How many know what Sunday house location means? <laughs> yeah, some of you that moved equipment, you know exactly what Sunday house location means. We spent nine years going from, we, we met in nine different buildings at Gates of the City before we got here. Nine years, nine years? Nine, nine or ten years, whatever it was, in nine different buildings. And this, this, what, what they did with the, with the tabernacle, they, they set it up and they tore it down and they set it up and they tore it down and they set it up and they tore it down and they set it up and they tore it down and they set it up and they tore it down. We, we were, for nine years, we were just trying to be scriptural. <clears throat> and that's what we did. We set it up and we tore it down every service. Set it up and tore it down and set it up and tore it down and set it up and tore it down for nine years. And now here we are. And we don't have to tear nothing down. Amen? And we're here advancing the kingdom of God and seeing people's lives delivered and changed as a result of it. Amen? <clears throat> but when they were building the tabernacle in the wilderness, <clears throat> I, I, I'm just going to real quickly read you about 10 verses of Scripture. Okay? So just follow with me. I'm going to start in Exodus 35 and verse 4. And this is just talking about gathering the people and what God said. And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, like I'm saying to you, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, take from among you an offering of the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. Take an offering to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. Take from among you an offering to the Lord from whoever has money. Whoever has a willing heart, whoever believes in the things that I'm telling you and it's down in your heart and you're convinced of it and you can do it with, a whole, with, with an honest, pure heart. 
Take from among you an offering to the Lord who is of a willing heart. Let him bring it as an offering to the Lord, gold, silver, bronze, you know, in our world and day, money or whatever. In verse 10 he says, And all who are gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. So part of their offering was their abilities. Um, In verse 20 he said, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of the meeting for all its service and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart, and brought earrings and nose rings and rings and necklaces and all jewelry and gold, and, and, and that is every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. Now, they brought whatever. Through the years when my wife and I have had an opportunity, we've been presented with an opportunity to sow. There have been times we, we've sold jewelry, we, we've had other things that we sold and we did. We took of money that we had, say, in savings or cashed out even, even mutual funds or things like that because the Lord impressed us to do that. But it was something that God told us to do and we did it with cheerfulness because we wanted to. Can, can you say amen to that? Um, our, heart, our provision for the house offering next week and through the month of May is something that we've done. How, how many like driving in the drive down there and there's no potholes? Amen? And there's no mud. It rained on Saturday, but there was no mud down there. Woo! Glory! Amen? <clears throat> so we did that. But listen to me. Listen to me. So that work, other than a little bit more like the topping of the chip and seal over the the piece from the concrete up about however far, other than that, that part of the project is done and we've already paid the people. So we're just giving you an opportunity to sow into it. We're not asking you for something because we've got to pay the people. We're asking you, we're not even asking you. We're giving you the opportunity to sow in something that you believe is the right thing. Can you say amen? Not, not pressured. Nobody will ever look at you a different way if you don't sow into the offering. We're giving you the opportunity to sow in something that is God's. It's the house of God. This whole piece of property. We have 122 acres here and it belongs to God. Amen? I mean, Church's name is on it, but it belongs to God. And here, these people brought this willing offering. Verse 25, it said, the women did things, they brought things. In verse 30, it says, and Moses said to the children of Israel, see, the Lord has called by name this one, uh, it's uh, Bezalel, who is the son of Uri, who is the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship. And he built all kinds of things because he was filled with the Spirit of God and he was willing. He said God built him. God established that thing in his heart. He did it out of a willing heart because he wanted to do it. Do do you see it? 
There's a huge difference in something that you want to do versus something that you're pressured to do. There's nothing like it. 36th chapter and the second verse, and I'll end with these few verses. Verse 2. Then Moses called Bezalel and Ahola, uh, whoever that guy is, Aholaloba, and every gifted artesian in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. Everybody say, the Lord put it. The Lord put wisdom there. Why? Because they were turned towards God asking God, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? They were asking God, and God showed them. Everyone whose heart stirred was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work that he was doing. In other words, he was doing his own work, and God was blessing it, but he came and he donated time to the house of God. And they spoke to Moses, saying, The people have brought too much. The, uh, uh, the people have brought much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, let every man or woman, let, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing, watch this, verse 7, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, indeed, too much. <laughs> Anybody ever seen a church service where they said, I know we've, we, we've had provision for the house offering, but there was too much given and you can't bring any more. But what, what, what we can glean from that, what we can glean from that is this. When it's something that's done from the heart and the vision is caught, then there are no needs. There are no needs. Because what's being accomplished is God's desire. See, the church world for a long time did a horrible job of trying to pound money out of people. When people walk through the doors, they see them as dollar signs. The church did a horrible job for years. I'm not saying that there's not some of that today. But a lot of the church world has made really drastic changes because God's never wanted anything from you. God's trying to get things to you. The things that we're talking about today are getting, trying to get things to you God's way because God's way will never fail you. You will not come to the end of your life destitute and a pauper when you serve God and you do it His way. The promises of God are there for you and it will come on you continuously throughout your life and overtake you. That's what we're trying to get to you. And what we learn from this is there was too much there. There was no reason for the people to bring anything else because they had received offerings and the work had been done to, to complete and do what needed to be done in the building of the, the rebuilding of the temple.
That's what God wants. He wants there to be so much because in our hearts, what we give and what we sow advances his kingdom to where, where projects and things in the future are not a huge deal. Because it's not just, you know, the church trying to get something. It's the church investing something. And when you're blessed and you're prosperous and you're prospering and you have revelation, it's because you've sown into the house. It's all over. We're fulfilling it on every, in, in every way, at every angle. God's will is being fulfilled in the earth. That's what he wants. And he wants what we do for us to do it by faith and trust in him. Can you say amen? It's been a joy, literally, like I told you. This is the last message on this that I, uh, where wealth is concerned and the provision for the house coming from me. Next Sunday, Pastor John will be here. But it's a joy to teach this and actually it's a joy to be able to teach it with conviction and desire to see you blessed more than anything else that's our desire that's mine and Becky's desire that's the leadership of this church's desire is that that you are blessed and prosperous and it's just a joy to be able to teach it we don't we don't teach a lot of this throughout the year but when we teach it, we teach it with a passion because we believe in it. We believe in it because we've lived it and we continue to live it and we want you to understand it in a greater way so you can make choices and decisions to live that way in your own life. Amen? So today, I pray for God's blessing on your house and everything that you do.